Sometimes we need to put our personal feelings aside and focus on the good of the country. It's actually kind of serious, Dave. I'm afraid the president's not in very good shape. Sometimes we need our friends and even our enemies to feel safe and secure. We need them to feel like, like they can go to bed at night knowing that president is fully in control. What about the vice president? Vice president? We didn't want to have to tell you this, Dave. But the vice president is mentally unbalanced. Is this legal? Dave, have you ever driven through a red light? Huh? You know, on, on an empty road, when there's nobody around and you know it's safe? I'm not sure. I might have. Well, let, let's say, let's say your mother is in the car and you have to get her to the hospital. You'd do it then for sure, wouldn't you? Yes, I guess I would. Dave, the country is sick. And you're gonna get her to the hospital. There's a man who leads a life of danger. To everyone he meets, he stays a stranger. Everybody, this is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. We open up with that clip from the movie Dave. You know what? Is it? Is all this stuff legal? The 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 country needs to feel secure when they go to bed at night. That the country, the president's in control. And uh, you know what? And I use that. I use that clip. I use that clip. You know, the the country is sick, and you're going to get it to the hospital. Uh, and I use that for a, a few reasons. For the all the topics that we're talking about are talking about, you know, what's the best for the country. And, and we're, we're making moves based on what's best for the country. And we have, we know what's best for the country. So we're going to, we might have to break the law a little bit to make sure that we save the country. You know, the end justifies the means. And uh, you're going to, if you, if you don't pay attention to what's going on and live in the news cycle, like I do, um, you're, you probably don't, you probably won't have the, uh, you're going to be, you're going to have your eyes open today. Uh, you may have already heard some of this stuff if you have, but you're going to be, you're going to be amazed. That song, that song was uh, secret agent man by Johnny rivers. Um, I think it was the theme song to a TV show back in the sixties as well. Um, because you know, we're going to, what we're going to talk about involves, you know, the FBI and, uh, the FBI, uh, you know, the, what, we all we all think of the FBI and the CIA as probably the most the most the highest the highest you could aspire to be in law enforcement the federal government like we used the clip from uh, from uh, Richard Jewell last week and 
we're going to talk about how how corrupt they are. We're going to talk about how how sick this country is. But before I do, let me let me uh, introduce myself for those who don't know me. Uh, my name is Ed Hoffman, branch manager, Planet Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, and believe me, there are some fantastic opportunities if you know when and where to find them. And uh, and today much more than 30 or 45 days ago. And uh, if you're interested in getting involved in some of those and you need financing, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One more time, day or night, toll-free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk about uh, real estate financing, uh, but you don't want to talk on the phone just yet, go to edhoffman.net, E-D-H-O-F-F-M-A-N.net. Click on the Planet Home Lending logo. That'll take you to my lending page. And you can put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. And you'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates and we'll help you find the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Whether that's to buy a piece of property you'd like to own, whether that's to refinance a piece of property you already own, or whether it's to, uh, get, to find out information about one of those excellent financing tools called a reverse mortgage for uh, those of you that are over uh, 62 uh, or your spouse is over 62, you have some equity and you feel like you have have more uh, more life left and you have money, you need to check them out. And I will tell you that more and more, we're getting more and more calls for that because um, even though I was telling you about this six months ago when the interest rates were much lower uh, and, then, and the values were still high, many of you didn't feel the need because you didn't feel on unstable ground financially. And now as we're watching the the country and the world economic uh, system kind of go through another meltdown is much more subtle than what happened in 2008, but you're starting to feel on, on, uh, like you're on thin ice with hot skates and you're calling about them and, uh, we're helping a lot of you out. So, uh, uh, so call me six, uh, 855-640-2020 or at Hoffman.net. If you, uh, any part of the, the show you want repeated or you missed it, uh, stay on edhoffman.net, click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows and uh, listen to them on demand. You can also get it on uh, the podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes, also known as Apple, Apple Podcasts on the newer uh, devices. Um, and you can uh, subscribe for free, have it down, download to your device once a week after we upload it. And uh, you actually get it a day early than when, when it plays on the radio. And because uh, we record on Friday mornings, we upload Friday, Friday afternoon, and then a download to your device shortly thereafter. Um, if you have comments on the show, send me an email to ed at edhoffman.net. Um, so let's, uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, oh, hey, for those of you that, uh, that were, uh, were holding off on getting my book, Experience Matters, Here's Mine, um, because you, you didn't think you were going to turn the pages, or for those of you that bought it because you wanted an autographed copy, and, but you'd never actually turned the pages, it's now on audio, it's now available on audio, right now it's only on Audible. So if you're a member of Audible, Audible, that's you can uh, use your your membership to get it. Otherwise, I think you can buy it for $19.95, and you can listen to it on your device, or you or it's discounted if you get a subscription to Audible. Um, it'll shortly be on Apple Books and everywhere else that you get audiobooks on. Which I'm not sure. I always get mine on Apple Books. So, uh, but go to edhoffman.net and you'll have all the links there. Right now, the link just goes to Audible, and I'm not sure where it'll go uh, after that. Uh, as soon as they, uh, as soon as they, uh, as soon as it opens up on Apple Books. 
but it'll be shortly. We'll keep you in the loop. Uh, and today, joining me like he does every so often, uh, Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes and Redlands and Rialto. Scotty, welcome back to the main event. Yo, Ed, great to be back. All right. So we got lots of stuff to, to talk about. So let's get to it. And let's do uh, it. people like to hear about the news, but they mostly want to hear our comments on it. So uh, let's get through it and make our comments. So uh, Liz Cheney, vice chair of House's January 6th committee and one of the 10 House Republicans who voted to impeach Donald Trump has lost her primary election and the crowd goes wild. So uh, she will no longer. So she she will no longer be the one single congressperson from the state of Wyoming. With more than 99 percent of the vote tallied on Wednesday, Cheney had only 29 percent of the vote. Her opponent, Trump backed candidate Harriet Hageman, had 66 percent. Harriet will continue to serve in the Congress through January. Here's her concession speech. Oh, maybe that wasn't the right one, but it sure fits good. Here's her real concession speech. Two years ago, I won this primary with 73% of the votes. I could easily have done the same again. The path was clear. But it would have required that I go along with President Trump's lie about the 2020 election. It would have required that I enable his ongoing efforts to unravel our democratic system and attack the foundations of our republic. That was a path I could not and would not take. No, no House seat, no office in this land is more important than the principles that we are all sworn to protect. And I well understood the potential political consequences of abiding by my duty. Our Republic relies upon the goodwill of all candidates for office to accept honorably the outcome of elections. And tonight, Harriet Hegeman has received the most votes in this primary. She won. I called her to concede the race. This primary election is over. But now, the real work begins. Yeah, somehow, somehow uh, our government wants to tell us what's the what, in their eyes, is for the good of the country instead of um, remembering that they work for us and we decide what's for the good of the country. You know, Ed, I've been waiting for this day for like months. I mean, because Liz Cheney is the poster girl for like what a rhino is. She's one of the most despicable pieces of garbage on earth. And it was actually better than what I thought because she got blown up by almost 40 points, which is like almost unheard of. The other thing you can hear by all the clapping or what clapping there was, there was like nobody there. There was probably like a dozen people there in some cornfield. Half of them were, I think, her husband and her kids. Um, but, you know, she sits up there on that January 6th panel with that stupid deadpan expression on her face while American citizens are rotten in prison waiting for trial for almost two years. Ed. Yep. And it's uh, and it's like it's her duty. And they and they treat it like it's they treat it like it's a hearing, like it's court. And we're having people testify. But there's but there's only it's all one sided. Uh, attorney attorney Harriet Hageman will now face off against Democrat Lynn Gray Bull in November. All Democrats should have a have a, a last name like that. Hageman is an attorney who previously ran for governor of Wyoming in 2018. In that race, she placed third in the Republican primary. In 2016, Hageman publicly supported Ted Cruz for president and criticized Donald Trump. And I think I think that's a lot of but I think that's a lot of people that are in that category that 
that just had something that said, hey, Donald Trump's really not a Republican. And uh, you could put uh, Ted Cruz in there, and I think he supports him now, and uh, Lindsey Graham, and obviously Harriet Hageman. She's singing a different tune now. Here's her acceptance speech Tuesday. Wyoming wants a representative fighting to put America first, to put Wyoming first, to put you first. And I am that representative. But I did not do this on my own. Obviously, we're all very grateful to President Trump, who recognizes that Wyoming has only one congressional representative, and we have to make it count. Scotty, comments? You know, um, I mean, I, I guess the big hope from all of this is that this is the first indicator of what is to come in November. I mean, the Democrat Party just needs to be crushed. And also, it's not a matter of getting Republicans in there, Ed. It's a matter of getting the right Republicans in there because they need to go full on offense as soon as we take power. And we need uh, we need someone that's going to go in there. And this is one of the reasons I I like Trump, because I know he's got the guts to do it and he won't ever have to get reelected after that. And uh, and we need but we need people like that in all the positions, every House seat and every uh, Senate seat needs to have Republicans that uh, are not just um, not just Republicans in name. They're they're not rhinos. They're uh, who's the head of the Senate is. uh, I can't think of his name. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he's Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is so uninspiring. And most and most of the Republicans in 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 uh, office, they they vote how we want them to vote, but they're just uninspiring. And we need we need some more that have a that have a, an opinion and want to share it with everybody and and push to share it with anybody. So what uh, what Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney got blown out for for two reasons, one of them because she was so anti-Trump and Wyoming was so uh, so pro-Trump. But on top of that was the fact that. In the last year, she spent so much time focusing on the January 6th committee that she just ignored her state. And she's the only congressional candidate that represents that state. And it sounds to me a lot like uh, what happened in 2000 and or 1998, was it when uh, Adam Schiff uh, kicked out a uh, uh, beat uh, James, James Rogan, who he said that that James Rogan was so so focused on the impeachment of, of President Clinton that uh, it was the year 2000. So he was so focused on the on the uh, on the impeachment of President Clinton that he wasn't paying attention to his district out there in uh, Santa Clarita and uh, L.A. and all those all those those areas of, you know, if you're in uh, if you're in Adam Schiff's uh, area. And uh, and I'm ashamed of you if you don't get rid of him, uh, Burbank area and all the way to Santa Clarita. Um, but it sounds like that. And uh, James Rogan uh, was. Uh, was basically booted out for the same thing, the same thing that Schiff's doing now, same thing that Liz Cheney did. Um, so uh, by Wednesday morning, Liz Cheney had filed with a federal election commission to establish a political action committee she's calling the Great Task. Hmm, what could that task be? Then she went on the Today Show and said this. Look, I think the Republican Party today um, is is uh, in very bad shape, and I think that uh, we have a tremendous amount of work to do. I think it could take several election cycles, but uh, the, the the country has got to have a Republican Party that's actually based on substance, based on principles. Are you thinking about running for president? It, uh, that's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming months, Savannah. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I uh, I'm thinking about. I will be doing whatever it takes to keep Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. Well, well, I find that I find that uh, 
that interesting that she's going to do whatever it takes to keep him out of the Oval Office. And she's the 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 co-chairman of the January 6th committee that is supposed to be having a hearing to determine if uh, Donald Trump had any responsibility for the January 6th uh, riots that went riots or the what do they call it, the insurgency in Washington, D.C. I have a I have a problem with that. She feels this way. And she's running a committee that's supposed to be that is that they're making it look on TV like it's supposed to be a a, a hearing, not just a a presentation of one side. You know, you know what blows me away is this woman is so lacking in self-awareness. She thinks she has any ghost of a chance at all in becoming president. Does she not realize how much people like me hate her? I mean, you know, that your own state just sent you packing by damn near 40 points. Right. And the funny thing about this election, too, is she was so desperate to try and win. She actually was getting Democrats. You heard about this, getting Democrats yeah. to try and vote for her? having the, having the Democrats re-register as Republicans. Correct. So they, so they could vote for her. Right. And, and you figure, you know, without their help, she might have been maybe it was 45 points was the real loss. But I think even the Democrats looked at her and go, you know what? We don't even have enough mules to carry this lady across the line. I know exactly. Exactly. And, you know, she talk, talks about how we have to have people that focus on substance and principles. The Republican Party needs to have the that has to focus on substance and principles. Well, I think they focus on substance and principles like like, hey, we don't have a country if we don't enforce our borders and principles of the government doesn't create jobs. The government creates an environment where the private sector creates jobs and we don't tax the hell out of them for doing that. We give them tax relief so they can ex expand their companies and expand the tax base. We don't tax the hell out of the corporations. Let, you know, give the corporations a break so the corporations can create jobs and expand the tax base where everybody pays a little, nobody pays, nobody pays half their, half their, uh, their earnings. So, but she doesn't understand those kind of principles. Um, the principle should be don't tweet. Well, you know, and I, I can't imagine like this is her sole focus is to keep Trump out of the Oval Office when there's so many bad and awful things going on in our country. The border, which we'll talk about a little later on, we're in this horrible recession. We've got inflation unlike anything we've ever seen. Um, all kinds of bad things happening. Crime is through the roof, suicides, everything. And this is what Liz Cheney focuses on. And this is ultimately why she lost. Exactly. And, the you know, just the things that are going, the things that are going on that were, that started with COVID and are being completed by Biden getting in the White House, which is a whole reason for COVID in the first place. Um, we're just seeing that we're just scratching the, scratching the surface of, the impact on our country and people are starting to feel it now. Uh, I see that, Hey, we're, we're, we're having a shortage of people that want to be police officers, a shortage of people that want to, that want to go into the military or can qualify to go into the military. And uh, there's a shortage of teachers now. And now I hear Texas is thinking about uh, lowering the standards so that they can hire even more incompetent people to teach our kids. And I saw an interview with, with one teacher that said, it's not just that, that actually quit. That said, um, it's not just from COVID, but these kids are years behind, and it's and it's been not just that. It's been the uh, and you remember, follow the money. The teachers, the teachers' unions are are very very strong union, especially in this in the state of California. But the uh, um, but the kids just get shoveled through, and it's all about money. It's not about education anymore. 
And the kids, you know, you, 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 you show up to school. Sometimes you do your assignments. Sometimes you don't focus on anything. And at the end of, end of fourth grade, you get pushed into fifth grade, whether you learn anything or not, then fifth grade, you get pushed into sixth grade. And by the time they get into the upper grades, they're so far behind. They can't even, they can't even absorb anything because they never absorbed anything previously to, to prepare them for learning the, the, the higher, the higher level grade information. It's uh, it's, it's scary. And most people, you know, Hey, if you don't have young kids, you don't see it. Um, but you should be seeing it because it's, a, it's affecting the young adults. Now you're seeing the, the level of, of unintelligence that is out there. Well, not only that, but I know we were talking about this a little bit off the air, but there's apparently some studies showing that young children, like very young children, are developmentally delayed because they're everybody's wearing masks. So a lot of times they develop language from, you know, watching somebody's expression, watching their face. But if teachers and their fellow students are all masked up, which people are still wearing them, I'm not really exactly sure why, especially the morons that are driving by themselves wearing masks. But that has created a lot of problems as well. I have a couple of neighbors that uh, that that have been vaccinated and revaccinated and boosted and and double vaccinated and double boosted, and they caught COVID uh, from the airports uh, on a trip to Israel. <laughs> they still and, got it. <laughs> and I just got back from flying to Montana and back, and they said, "Well," and they're standing like twenty feet away from me. They picked up some of my mail, and I went over to the house, and they're they're standing twenty feet away from me. I'm going. They go, hey, you know what? You were on a plane and a lot of people are catching things on the plane. Uh, yeah, a lot of vaccinated people are catching things on the plane. And uh, you say you, sh- you should probably test. And if you need if you need COVID test, we have some. I said, I have some at the house. And I said, uh, so how long should I wait? Oh, a couple of days, a couple of days. Okay, well, it's been it's been a couple of days. I'll take a test, but I don't have any symptoms. So um, but it's just it's just it's just scary. It's scary. People are are so concerned about, about, you know, wearing a mask and all that stuff and getting vaccinated. And none of that stuff works. None of that stuff did anything to prevent COVID. And happily, I just got an email from uh, my lady. I I've been booked. I've booked about 20 cruises through. And uh, she said, Hey, they just changed the guidelines that unvaccinated people can cruise starting January, uh, September 6th. So uh, I'm sure Don and I will be uh, going back to cruising occasionally like we used to. Nice. Did you see the uh, the head of Pfizer got COVID? How ironic is that? The CEO of Pfizer gets Amazing. COVID. Amazing. Well, it's because because those things don't do anything. So uh, we got a couple minutes left in this half. Uh, so this week in the raid news, there are new questions about last week's raid at the Trump's private Mar-a-Lago residence um, from what was seized and why the raid was necessary in the first place. Here's what's new this week. We still don't know what compelling evidence the FBI had to justify raiding the home, including the former first lady's closet. We don't know why they took Trump's three passports, which the Justice Department said they would return. So why'd they take them in the first place? Was it like they didn't recognize they were passports? I have a passport, and they don't look like anything other than a passport. In fact, they say passport right in front of them. Uh, Was that just to see how much they could get away with? On Thursday, U.S. Magistrate Judge uh, Bruce Reinhardt, the one who worked for the Epstein, uh, the Epstein crew, uh, Jeffrey Epstein crew, held an in-person hearing regarding the unsealing of the FBI records related to the raid, including the search warrant and the affidavit. He ruled that he's inclined to unseal some of the affidavit and instructed the Justice Department to redact it in a way that would not undermine its ongoing investigation. There's no audio uh, from the courtroom, but here's the report on the judge's decision from Fox's Mark Meredith. 
But the judge believes that some portions of the affidavit can be released, but he also understands the government's point here that some of their, these redactions will need to be made. He is going to give the government a little bit more time here to try to figure out what they would like to stay sealed and what they think can be made public. And of course, it's also possible there could be appeals further than that. So this process is still far from done. Which basically is saying we're never going to see the real affidavit. And I heard him say something about a confidential informant. So there must be somebody that they're trying to protect. Right. Don't don't you picture a bunch of FBI agents like a bunch of FBI perverts rifling through Melania's panties and trying them on? Um, you know, I think the only good thing that's coming out of this raid or one of the good things is it definitely has solidified support behind Trump. I mean, they've turned this guy into like a living martyr at this point. Uh, and plus, you have members of Congress calling you to fund the FBI. Tucker says we need the FBI. I disagree. I think the FBI is the new Gestapo. Uh, they need to be gone. Um, we'll form another agency that can maybe actually do real, yeah. real start, FBI work. Start all over clean. And of course, uh, and of course, when you talk about ru uh, rummaging through uh, Melania's closet, um, it's peculiar that they told the people at Mar-a-Lago to turn off all the security cameras when for so long we've been we've been uh, pushing for body cameras on cops to catch them uh, doing the wrong thing. But they made sure and turned the cameras off for this raid. Hey, anyway, we're all out of time. So we'll talk about uh, talk about more as it as it goes along. Uh, we're all out of time for this uh, half of the main event. So stay tuned for five minutes of weather, traffic, sports and commercials and we'll be right back with lots more and welcome back to part two of the main event my name is ed hoffman branch manager planet home lending i don't talk a lot about real estate and financing on the radio because if you're not in the market you might think it's boring and kind of the reason that most uh, real estate and finance shows don't stay on the stay on the air that long. Um, but if you are in the market or you think you might be in the market or you're just a little unsettled about the way things are going in the in the economy and you want to check into maybe what what options you might have, even though interest rates are significantly higher than they were before. I promise if you I had uh, I had somebody call me. Uh, uh, this week and say, hey, I have a friend who has a $440,000 uh, loan on his house and it's at 2.75, but he wants to pull out some money to landscape. And uh, does it make any sense for him to refinance? And I said, how much does he want for landscape? He goes, eh, 15 or 20,000. I said, well, it makes sense for me because I'll get paid on it, but I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I said it made sense because it doesn't make sense. Don't turn $440,000 at 2.75 into five and a half or five and a quarter um so you can get 15 or twenty thousand out doesn't make any sense so uh i gave him some options to to get unsecured uh financing for something like that but anyway um but if you're interested in, in uh, finding out call me toll free at 855-640-2020 or go to edhoffman.net click on the planet home landing logo so uh getting back to uh that we opened up with the that song secret agent man specifically for the subject that we're about to about to cover right now. Oh, and if you weren't with us in the first half, joining me this week uh, on the show is Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don's Bikes in Rialto and Redland. Scotty, are you ready for this one? I can't wait, Ed. All right. So, uh, so the left is throwing a fit this week over calls to defund the FBI. Wait a minute. They wanted to defund the police. Isn't the FBI, FBI part of the police? You know, uh, you just can't you just can't trust the left. They're just not. They just, they're just not fair anywhere. It's just whatever the Republicans, whatever conservative people want to do, they, uh, they're against. 
But it's not just conservatives who have lost faith in the FBI. Fewer than half of Americans trust the FBI, according to the Gallup polls. And the reason for that is corruption. And we're all familiar by now with the corruption of the former director, James Comey, who willingly helped Clinton campaign perpetuate the Russian collusion hoax. And we know that they they uh, disregarded disregarded the things that uh, Clinton did that we're seeing them them do the raid on uh, Mar-a-Lago against Donald Trump today. How how uh, how inconsistent is that? How hypocritical is that? Um, but we're all familiar with that. We know about the buried information on Hunter Biden's overseas business dealings. We've all heard about the strong possibility there were FBI agents and informants working undercover to mobilize the protesters before and on January 6th. And now they've raided the private home of a former president. They won't even tell us what they're looking for. But this week, we got one more reason to not trust the FBI. Right now, the trial of the supposed plotters to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is going on. From their testimony, we're finding out how the FBI was involved in concocting the fake plot, all to perpetuate the idea that right-wing extremists were a threat to democracy, just like they did three months later on January 6th. And we all, and I know Scott agrees with me that January 6th was not a bunch of Trump supporters. It was a bunch of supporters there protesting, throw in some, uh, some FBI-coordinated uh, Antifa guys and stir up some crap and make it look like all those people were involved in it. No, for sure. And you and I, we've interviewed people on your show um, that were that went to January 6th. They walked right in because the guards let them in. They hung out with the guards, live streamed the whole thing. They leave and all of a sudden, they, they you know, a week or two later, they've got guns pointed in their face. And this is still going on. And you, you we have people that are, have been sitting in prison for like almost two years awaiting trial. Uh, we know people that you know, have, have accepted plea deals um, and are now going to be sentenced for months, possibly years. Uh, and, and yes, it's there's more and more evidence that the FBI was involved in. I think it's called what we call entrapment, I think, is the word. Right. Ed? Well, entrapment. You know what? There's there, if you've never been involved in a lawsuit, if you've never been involved in a lawsuit or if you've never watched the movie A Civil Action and that's a civil action, not a criminal action. But it but it highlights the fact how the law system works and how. Um, how they they just tried to get you to have to to admit do plea deals because you run out of money because the government can't run out of money because they just spend money or just print some more. So if they decide to do it, you just you defend yourself because there's no way you're going to cop a plea deal until you just run out of money, until you just bankrupt yourself on a, on attorney fees, and they never run out of money for their for their legal their legal support. No, you're so, right. They have they have unlimited funds. Baked Alaska, who, by the way, we interviewed, just had to accept a plea deal. Uh, they basically said, look, either you accept a plea deal or we're going to hit you with a felony obstruction of Congress. Uh, the dark side of it is he doesn't know what his sentence is going to be. So if they've, they've forced him to accept a plea deal. He's going to be sentenced in January and, you know, could could be years, could be years in prison. Ed. And my impression of uh, Tim Gene, um, who is known as Baked Alaska on social media, my impression is he's not a uh well-funded kind of a guy that could afford to to fight and fight and fight uh without without any uh without any support from the outside am i correct yeah no you're absolutely correct as a matter of fact he said it's going to cost him you know well over a hundred thousand dollars to defend himself this is a young guy doesn't have a ton of money so yeah that's one way they can force you into accepting some kind of plea deal um is just by bankrupting you like you said that you know just put them in debt where they can't they can no longer defend themselves 
And it, and if you've never seen the movie A Civil Action, uh, get it on Amazon Prime or on on demand on your show, or or just watch for it on cable. Um, but John uh, John Travolta and a bunch of other stars are in it. Um, but he actually narrates narrates the whole thing about the 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 story, and it's a true story. But he narrates narrates it and talking about how legal actions work. And it's it's a it's when you do when you when you understand it that legal actions don't ever don't very few of them get to court. The idea is just to make you spend so much money till you finally say, "Hey, forget it. What will you settle for?" And I stop paying my lawyer, and I'll and I'll just write you a check. And that's the that's the whole that's the whole reason for it. So so let's talk about it. There's a lot of detail here about what's going on with the uh, with the supposed guys who uh, who concocted this. Um, this Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping uh, scheme. Um, and, but it's all coming out how the FBI uh, orchestrated it. So here, here's how it happened. In early 2020, 35 year old army veteran and postal worker, Dan Chapel was in, was in a gun rights group on Facebook called Wolverine Watchmen. So, you know, you get, you get invited to groups on, on Facebook and, uh, and was it, yeah, this was on Facebook. You get invited and I get invited by, Hey, uh, Trump 2024 and, uh, you know, FJB and, uh, FJB and, uh, and, uh, let's go Brandon, uh, things. Hey, hey, you know, join this group. And, you know, some, I, I join them sometimes just to see, see what clever stuff is being posted. And, but here they have this Wolverine Watchmen, which is a gun rights group. He became concerned about, uh, the group was a militia based on chats where members talked about toppling the government over COVID restrictions. And I know I have a friend who's part of uh, Oath Keepers, and they're a gun rights group. And and I know, hey, when they knew that the 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 people were gonna when the 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 um, what is it the uh, uh, Black Lives Matter was gonna go after a bunch of uh, businesses up in the high desert, they all showed up to protect these businesses. And I know they were armed, but they had no intentions of doing anything but defending the businesses. They don't want to kill anybody. They don't really want to shoot anybody, but they're going to say, hey, you can't, you can't do what you're doing. Um, after telling a friend in law enforcement about his concerns, Chapel heard from FBI special agent Jason Chambers. And just like that, he became an FBI informant. Chambers, the FBI agent, began coaching Chapel on how to radicalize and entrap members of this Wolverine Watchmen group. Meanwhile, from a Twitter account that tracks back to him, Chambers, the FBI guy, would anonymously tweet mysterious hints that there was a terror plot cooking in Michigan. Posing as a right-wing militia member, Chambers would, would tweet cryptic threats like, soon, Michigan, soon, even though there was no actual plot happening yet. That's because the FBI had to assemble a bunch of actual right-wingers and entrap them into creating the plot. No, hey, I can't lead you to a, I can't lead you to a decision until I make it. So they had to create, they had to recruit these guys to assemble them. So, and get them and entrap them into creating the plot. The FBI began to pay J Dan Chappell handsomely for this help in the orchestration with Jason Chambers as the middleman for the money. Here's Tucker Carlson with more. In all, the FBI with Chambers as the handler paid Chappell, Big Dan, more than $60,000 in the course of just a few months. Today, Chappell testified that he made more money working for the FBI in seven months than he did working for the United States Postal Service over the course of an entire year. So there's a lot of money moving from 
the FBI, the federal treasury, to this informant. So the FBI told Chappell that in exchange for all of that money, he needed to start assembling a group of right-wing extremists for the FBI to prosecute. They made the whole thing up. And he did that with the FBI's help. Within a few weeks, the FBI created a new Facebook group called Patriot Three Percenters. <laughs> this is why you should be careful of Facebook, by the way. So Chappell and several members of that group then attended a protest at the Michigan State Capitol. Look at you bringing people together, the FBI handler texted Chapel. Now, throughout that protest, which didn't look a whole lot different from the January 6th protest, Chapel kept in touch, close touch with federal agents. I'm surprised I wasn't invited to uh, join that group because uh, groups that have patriot and three percenters, meaning that you earn money and you're in the top 3% earnings, which doesn't mean that you're rich, just means that you earn money, you have a job which typically is right-wingers because left-wingers don't have jobs. That's why they protest all the time. Um, so here's the FBI's goal. Step one, get these guys to attend a protest at the Michigan State House, which would be chock full of FBI informants. Step two, after the protest, get them interested in the idea of hurting the governor. Do this by incentivizing them with money, women, and guns. No joke. You know, the three things that Republican right-wing men like, money, women, and guns, as opposed to left-wing men uh, like money, uh, half of them don't like women, and none of them like guns. Um, one of the people Chapel targeted was uh, for the FBI was a man named Adam Fox. Now, Adam Fox, who was so poor that he lived in the basement of a vacuum cleaner shop. So when you hear this, when you hear this clip from Tucker, when he re when, you know you hear T Tucker and say, and he's referring to Fox, he's referring to Adam Fox, not Fox News. So when you hear it, just keep in mind every time he's talking about this, this guy who lives in the basement of a vacuum cleaner shop. The FBI gave Chapel more instructions. They provided Chapel with several $5,000 limit credit cards, and they told him to give those credit cards to Fox and tell him to spend it on guns and ammunition. So Fox, despite the fact he had no money at all, had used the men's room in a Mexican restaurant to brush his teeth, refused. On five separate occasions, he refused to take the credit cards to buy guns and ammunition. Then in July of 2020, Chapel suggested that Fox and others fire rounds into the governor's mansion as well as at her cottage. But the alleged plotters, including Adam Fox, again refused. They didn't want to hurt the governor. Ultimately, in August of 2020, the group started to splinter. Chapel and other informants were instructed to keep the group together. No, keep it together. <laughs> keep the threat real. So they introduced another undercover agent who pretended to be an explosives expert. He showed the group a video of a bomb that blew up a vehicle to prove he knew what he was doing. Where'd that video come from? Well, it was made by the FBI. Is this shaking your confidence a little bit? These details are real, by the way. They came out at trial. Scotty? Uh, you know, a couple of comments, Ed. Um, you know, this plot is so bad. It's almost like comical. It's almost like a parody of itself. Um, it, you know, the fact that the majority of the plotters were actually FBI agents, the only thing that makes it not funny is the fact they were going to destroy some people's lives here. Um, and by the way, Ed, just a little bit word of advice. I'd be careful about these left. Let's go Brandon Facebook pages. <laughs> you may want to join. Um, my final comment is that I, I truly believe Gretchen Whitmer and Caitlyn Jenner are one and the same person. <laughs> they, uh, they have, they have a similar, uh, look from a distance. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, I, th I think it I think this this next part is going to emphasize 
the what I talked about with the Oath Keepers. These guys don't want to shoot people. Eventually, the FBI ended up with a half a dozen guys recruited on the internet who didn't want to shoot Gretchen Whitmer. So Dan Chappell continued to apply pressure, baiting them with everything from marijuana to female informants acting as honey traps, much like Fang Fang did to Eric Swallowell, um, as attempts to get someone to bite. Uh, and that actually sounds like what they did to George Papadopoulos to try and start the Russian collusion thing. Uh, have some girl flirt with him in a, in a bar, you know, get him a little under the influence, make some comments to him, have, wait till he's in another uh, social event and have and arrange for him to say something about what he heard from this person, to say it to a, to a foreign diplomat. And, uh, and, the, and it started from there. So then the FBI hired another informant to orchestrate a kidnapping plot. Uh, instead, Dan Chappell would continue to help by maintaining his relationships with the guy they were entrapping. Here's what ended up happening. happening. Then the Bureau recruited a convicted felon and a longtime FBI informant. This time, the idea was to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer. Robson, with the FBI's money, organized several events, including a national militia conference in Ohio, training in Wisconsin, and a meeting in Delaware. FBI orchestrating all of this. On July 18th, 2020, at one such militia meeting, again, organized by the FBI, when they tell you, oh, right-wing extremists. <laughs> in this case, they created them. So at this militia meeting, an alleged plotter called Ty Garbin rejected out of hand the idea of kidnapping Gretchen Whitmer. Didn't want to do it. No, I don't think so. Kidnap the governor? No, we're not crazy. Then the topic came up again in August. And then another defendant called Daniel Harris was equally adamant. No snatch and grab, he said. So clearly, they, these are people who are not interested in kidnapping Gretchen Whitmer. But the FBI kept pushing. The FBI informants drove the defendants to Gretchen Whitmer's home. Then they suggested killing the governor of Virginia, also a Democrat. On September 5th, 2020, FBI Special Agent Jason Chambers texted Chapel, quote, mission is to kill the governor specifically. What country is this? Yeah, what country is this? Did any of you think that this kind of stuff could happen in the United States? This is, this is the stuff that happens in, uh, in uh, you know, the Middle East. This is stuff that happens, uh, happens in, uh, in, you know, uh, Venezuela and, and some of the, you know, the Central American, the, from, you know, during the uh, Sandinistas and the, and the uh, trying to remember all the, all the militia groups uh, that were, if you, if you watch the movie uh, American Made, how, uh, how, how we were, we were, we were arming them with guns and, 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 and training them to take over things and, and how that whole thing went down. Um, you don't think about that happening in the United States. No, it's, it's extremely dark. And I guess as I'm listening to even these clips, I'm thinking, isn't this illegal, Ed? Like, can these guys sue the FBI for this stuff? I mean, it should be, right? I would, I would sure hope. But of course, the FBI is using our tax dollars to defend themselves. And the other guys will run out of money. So, of course, we still don't know if Gretchen Whitmer was told how the kidnapping plot was created when she said this in October 2020. Earlier today, Attorney General Dana Nessel was joined by officials from the Department of Justice and the FBI to announce state and federal charges against 13 members of two militia groups who were preparing to kidnap and possibly kill me. If you break the law or conspire to commit heinous acts of violence against anyone, we will find you. We will hold you accountable 
and we will bring you to justice. Well, now we know who did this, who conspired to create this, to uh, commit these heinous acts. Is she going to, and it's, and it's the FBI. And this isn't just people talking. This is an actual trial. This is testimony in an actual trial. So is she going to find them and hold them accountable and punish them for, for doing this now that it's the FBI? We'll sit in the sidelines and, uh, and watch. And then they use another FBI agent who has posted social media about his hatred of Donald Trump to build the criminal case against these guys, despite these facts that, these facts that none of them wanted to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer or, or kill her. And two, the FBI literally drove them to her mansion. Um, it's, it's, pretty ama- it's pretty amazing to think that this can happen in America. Well, yeah, for sure. And I know there's been a lot of people who say, well, it's just the rank and file in the FBI is actually just is great. It's it's the management. It's the James Comey's. It's the Peter Strzok's that are actually destroying that organization. I'm going to say no. I think the majority of them, if not the entirety of them, are lousy and need to go. And the reason I say that is why aren't they speaking at it? I mean, I know we've got a few whistleblowers that are apparently coming out uh, and talking to some congressional members, but What are they afraid of? Are they afraid uh, they're going to lose their pensions? You know what I mean? That's why I have no respect whatsoever for the FBI. Absolutely. And you'd think that whistleblowers, you know, in the White House, when it's against Trump, they know they're going to be taken care of by the Democrats. But if the uh, if somebody speaks out against against the Democrats, a Democrat plot in the FBI or anywhere else in the government, they might get suicided. Well, pretty much. I mean, to me, the FBI is like the DMV with guns, you know, and, and they, they're nothing more than the modern day Gestapo. That's, that's all they are. I have no respect for them whatsoever. Well, don't get me started, but we'll probably talk about this next week about the IRS with guns and how they're hiring, how they're hiring uh, IRS agents with our $80 billion that in the, in the uh, fight, in the, the deep, the deep, the fight inflation uh, bill that they just passed. And uh, one of the, one of the, requirements is um, be able to carry carry a gun and handle it the inflation reduction act so uh so we'll talk we'll talk more about the irs and what they're doing but i'll we'll do it next week because we're we're going to run out of time um let's talk about uh the more migrants more migrants arrived in uh, new york from texas this week and city officials are once again making dubious claims New York City Immigration Affairs Commissioner Manuel Castro told reporters that arriving migrants were mostly confused about the documents they signed that waived certain rights before they boarded the buses in Texas. Can you imagine people signing things they didn't completely read? Yeah, every time I go to the doctor's office. Um, They've been asked to sign documents from the federal government. Castro told reporters, now they're being asked to sign documents they think are from the federal government, but they're actually the state of Texas. Such a conspiracy. Weren't they also told that Joe Biden wanted them to come to America and that's how we end up with 2 million migrants expecting the United States to take care of them? Another claim from Castro was that there's not adequate food and water on the buses. Here's Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. So if the bus is stopped, they are free to get off just like every other person that the federal government turns loose in the nation is. Now, they are not allowed to stop or get off while the bus is moving, 
but the buses stop for fuel, the buses stop to change drivers, the buses stop uh, to get food in other places. So there's no reason that we have to kidnap these people and keep them on the bus. Food and water is placed on these buses enough for more than 50 people for more than a four-day trip in case they run into any weather. And frankly, every time the buses come back, we see leftover food and water on these buses. Hard to imagine, huh? Yeah, you know, when I look at all the bad things that are going on with our country, there's probably nothing more disturbing than what's going on at our border. I mean, we can see what's going on, right? Uh, I mean, they're going to flood our country with foreigners, legalize them before, it may, let's say, the 2024 election, and it's came over. And we're talking people in the millions. As far as I know, this is the first time in history that a government is actively replacing its own citizens. I mean, really. Yeah, it's, it's ugly. And, I, and I've been asking this question, what is the object here? I don't, I don't see how this helps anybody. And Governor Greg Abbott says this does not end with New York. He's got a warning for other sanctuary cities. Every mayor of a big blue city, which are most of the top 25 in the country, should be on notice. Look out your window. You might see a bus coming to you one day in the future. And the buses are going to keep coming. I don't, I don't blame him. I think it's, I think it's smart. And, uh, and this, morning, this morning we saw on uh, TV that apparently Texas is trying to build the build the, the the wall they're trying to finish the wall and i think arizona is too the federal government won't pay for it so they're going to do it to protect their own states and apparently they had the fence locked up by the texas uh, national guard and uh and uh one of the guys on i think it was bill malusion uh had film of the border patrol the federal agency going there and unlocking it to let people in when the texas uh texas government um put up a fence so they couldn't just walk into their state. Well, it's insane. And I guess the big question, Ed, is who pays for this? Like who pays for their housing, their health care, education and incarceration? You know, we have thousands of Americans living on the sidewalks and yet we're going to be paying for all this stuff. Uh, I, look, I think to me, the only solution is massive deportation because uh, what's going and that's going to cost a hell of a lot of money. Deportation of our government representatives, deportation of our government representatives because they're doing this. And to make sure that there's enough money to do it, they hired 87,000 IRS agents and they're going to be climbing up our butts and with our tax returns. So make sure you document everything that you, uh, that you write off because they're going to be sniffing. There's 87,000 new IRS agents, which more than doubles, I think at more than six times uh, their, their normal budget, what they put into it. And there's only 784 billionaires in the country. So I don't know who else they're going to go after, but I would say, uh, uh, Scott, uh, you know, keep a camera on your front porch and, uh, and I would expect to hear from them as well myself. Yeah. They got guns too, Ed. I know. <laughs> and they're prepared to use them and I'll talk about what they do with those things. Anyway. Hey, we're all out of time for this episode of the main event. Scott, thanks for joining me. Ed, always a pleasure. And, uh, my name's Ed Hoffman. I'll be back again with you next week. <laughs>